It is January 20th, 2021. Today is the January data download today. I am Michael Askins, architect, technologist, and this is the Technology Architecture Solution Engineering Show. In the virtual studio, we have with me, Dev. Hey, Dev. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. And if this was a data download episode, everyone knows who's in the studio too, right? That's right. How you doing, hey guys. <laughs> good, good, good. Happy uh, Wednesday. Yeah, happy Wednesday. It's uh, it's a chilly one over here. Uh, we got a little bit of snow. It's uh, sun finally started coming out, and you know I got a little pep in my step. So uh, I was talking a little bit of Azure and Vision and Scaffold, and uh, right before this, so I got my talk on, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm all loosened up. Pass <laughs> down that snow this way, man. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. So, uh, you know, everybody's doing well. Sounds good. Um, I'd love to hear that. And I got a little bit of news I'm going to put out there. So if you've listened to our show, you know that I'm woefully overdue for a phone. And when I get a new one, I'm going to have to say that every episode because I tend to say that every episode for some reason. I got a 21 Ultra 5G on, in route whenever they get released. And uh so yeah, it was in the it was in the shopping cart. Then it was out. Then it was in. Then it was out. <laughs> As usual, I finally mashed that button, and uh, and I had the crud scared out of me after I did that. And it does. I should let me preface that I never get scared, but I got kind of like little buyer's guilt and remorse when I saw the top things showing up saying. This is what you're going to sacrifice by going to the 21 and all the features you're going to lose by going to the 21. And I'm just like, oh, I hung my head low. And I'm like, what did I do? <laughs> and, you know, aside from the SD card getting ripped out, um, which, you know, that will give me anxiety. I got the 512 coming, so I shouldn't really like twitch about that. Um, but anyways, it, it's going to be super interesting to see uh, what that looks like. And I'll update everybody along the ways. Um, any new devices coming for you guys? Yeah, it's funny you mention it. Um, so same thing. I, uh, I'm an iPhone guy. Uh, so I got the, uh, the 12 pro coming, um, uh, first, first time I'll, I'll be investing in a pro device, a pro model, if you will. Um, you know, it's sort of the enhanced camera features and those kinds of things. Um, you know, from, from a, a pure camera standpoint and some of the features there, um, you know, the, the, the 12 is obviously nicer, but really for me, the big thing was the 5g, uh, you know, I, I generally go every two years. I'm not an every year kind of guy because dropping a thousand bucks on a phone every year, it just seems <laughs> a little unnecessary, especially because, you know, I mean, they're so advanced as it is, um, you know, what are you actually getting from that next model? Uh, mm -hmm. you know, and, and so the going with the 5g kind of gives me that, that coverage for a couple of years. Um, uh, so I will also report back, uh, assuming you guys have me back next month, and and I'll let you know sort of what I think about, um, you know, the camera enhancements, uh, you know, what it's like, you know, for for some of like this, the super wide shot, some of the selfie mode type things, and those kinds of things, because, um, you know, I've I've got the XR right now, so we're a couple of years old. And, you know, it, it never had those those advanced features, you know, it didn't sure. have the dual lens and that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, I'm going to be curious to see what 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 it returns and then also where I can actually get 5G coverage. Right? So, <laughs> There's that. Uh, right? yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I even remember with 4G. Um, you know, any, anything north of the mass border, forget it. Uh, you know, and, and I spent a lot of time up north skiing this time of year. So it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, and, and yeah, like I said, uh, I'm curious to see how it goes. I'm, I, but I did the same thing. It was in and out of the shopping cart like six times. It was just like, ah, <laughs> yep. finally pulled the trigger. So yeah, yeah. No, we'll, we'll see how it goes. So my, my motivation, my motivation around the device is, was completely around functionality. So, so obviously I got all the Microsoft suite on there and into those it's not just word powerpoint and excel it's like power bi power apps like all the you know everything is on there so i'm like i'm always sure. demoing and recording and i find myself i'm unable to on on my previous note unable to do a demo for a power app on the phone because i can record it with duo and a bunch of other things that are on there sure. and i'm unable to do it it just says nope not doing it and i'm like mm -hmm. what's constraining me then i realized like the apps have evolved beyond my phones where they're mm -hmm. they're using yeah. the memory to where it just it's just bad 
So right, it's right. it's more for the I'm getting it for yeah, the connectivity is great. I love it, but I'm getting it more for like I just want smooth operations. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, you know, and it's funny because I I was very, very tempted by the Surface Duo. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, it's 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 very intriguing to me. Um, ultimately I, I went away from it just because it's so difficult to get out of this ecosystem. Uh, you know, it's, if you've ever tried to make that switch from, from iPhone or, you know, Apple product to Sam, uh, you know, Samsung or whatever, any of the Android phones, it's, it's very, very challenging. Uh, you know, your text messages don't work cause most of it relies on iMessage and, mm. uh, you know, just all that kind of stuff. I mean, contacts, you got 37 different versions of the same contact for Michael Askins, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's, it, it, you know, it's such a cluster. Um, you know, ultimately, I just couldn't imagine taking the time that it would take to make that conversion now. Um, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm very much an Apple ecosystem guy, like the MacBook, I got, you know, the iPad and stuff like that. And, um, you know, I mean, the iPad who's fooling, and I'm just, I'm just using it for Clash of Clans, nothing else. But, uh, <laughs> um, but no, I mean, you know, you know, I, I guess I just I would love for it to um, have the flexibility I think you get with with some of the Android stuff. Um, but, you know, something about that closed ecosystem and uh, just they've got me hooked in since the iPhone 4, you know, so it's uh, it's been really, really tough to break away from. We have we have a, a van that might just pull up in front of your house when you take the garbage out this week. That's gonna nab you and take you to the deprogramming center. <laughs> I know, right? No, it's, it's all about how can I make my life simpler, right? And, yeah. and and by not introducing a new phone and trying to get that reacquainted with, you know, forget it. Oh my god, it yeah. just sounds terrible. Yeah. Any new things you got? Um, well, 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 before that happens, I know in the show we brought this up. The PS4 is still in its box, right? PlayStation 5, it's still in this or box. PS5. I got it. I got it launch day. I got it launch day. Launch day. I didn't actually open the shipping box until Christmas. So it sat in the Christmas for about a, over a month. And now it's currently still sitting in the retail box. Sell it. Sell it. Sell it. Make a profit. But no, I got a, I got a, um, an SB3 over the Christmas uh, holiday. Nice. Um, the swap out from SP2 and uh, gave, gave it to my sister. Um, so I needed another mobile workstation. I got the 15 inch, the 32 gig RAM terabyte hard drive. So that's been pretty good so far. Um, as far as phones go, I, I got two comments. Yeah, the 5G stuff is ridiculous because like it's like two percent of the country probably has 5G, and they're like pushing it so hard. Not according and, to the map. Not according <laughs> to the map. Right? You see, you don't read the fine print. It says map, not accurate depiction of coverage. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. And then that, and then like the camera, the 3G map. Yeah, 3G. <laughs> map, yeah. And then and the camera like bezels have become so have become so obno- uh, uh, so obnoxious to this point. I mean, like, are we yeah. all for top professional? For, for photographers now i mean you know well, it's, it's i'm gonna crazy. go on record saying there you can take beautiful pictures beautiful pictures and videos with a phone but when you look through an slr or, or mirrorless and you take that picture the, the controls you have over what that picture does on that sensor are you cannot mimic it i mean that, there's some photographer out there that's going to try to refute that <laughs> i've tried i mean i've had like phones with like 108 megapixel uh cameras on it and all that kind kind of stuff your your zoom ratios are become digital at a shorter length i mean there's this stuff you can do but this isn't a photography show. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is a technology show <laughs> so I'll, um, I'll try to wrangle that back in i'm gonna rewind a statement you made chris if we'll have you back next uh next month how about we just like book you to the end of 21 how's that sounds sound? good. all right, all right. So, <laughs> i don't have to say it anymore all right <laughs> it's on our calendar you know the third the third week is data download week so um, yeah, for sure. We, we, we definitely love having you on and we always get good feedback and, uh, and, and it does a good bump in our, in our listeners. So, uh, we appreciate that. Good. Great. Glad to hear it. <laughs> so let's, uh, let's wrangle into the topic of the day. Uh, we want to talk about, you know, making AI easy, maybe some machine learning easy, some cognitive services. So essentially vision, speech, language, decisions, and search. Um, <laughs> Off to you, Chris. What do you got? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know, let's start it with a commercial, right? Because um, why not? Uh, <laughs> you know, when, when we talk about um, AI, you know, Microsoft has um, done some really amazing things in recent years uh, in order to 
um, not only bolster the capabilities that they can offer to customers, um, but also, you know, uh, inc- improve our own internal systems for better efficiency and, you know, sort of optimize workflow and things like that. Um, you know, our mission is to empower every person and every organization on the planet to do more. Right. And so when we talk about AI, um, you know, I think that we grew up, uh, with a very different sense of, of AI as a term, artificial intelligence, you know, we, we thought about, you know, some, uh, some of the old freaky movies with AI <laughs> and robots and, you yep. know, how, how you're going to have killer robots, Terminator, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, um, some, you know, there, there's obviously different types of AI, uh, it, you know, and, and it's built on a, a whole bunch of different, um, you know, I guess parameters and a whole bunch of data and, and, you know, being able to adapt to that over time, you know, and, and so what Microsoft did was, so one of the things is we were the first, um, data center to deploy FPGAs for the public cloud. Um, you know, the, the field programmable gate arrays are special chips for, uh, things like deep learning, um, you know, for, for machine learning models. Uh, and, you know, we're talking about like the really, really, really crunching the numbers that, that people think of when you, you know, you, 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 you think of what like NASA is doing and the stock markets are doing and stuff like that, uh, you know, and, and DNA mapping and all that kind of stuff, you know, so deep learning requires a ton of computing power and FPGAs are, are optimized for that type of uh, computing power. Um, we also have um, the best speech recognition and, and, and it's on par with human parity. Um, you know, so, so we talk about um, 94.9% um, uh, when it compares to that the next, uh, the next closest is about 90%. Uh, we've also got sort of machine translation for human parity, right? So, um, you know, when we, when we look at research systems and things like that, we're at almost 70%, um, which again is significantly higher than everybody else. I mean, you see the competitors that have some uh, fancy commercials around, you know, uh, certain intelligent beings and stuff like that. And, and when you look at the actual tests, uh, we blow them away, you know? And so uh, another cool stat is that we've got um, 96% on the vision test, you know, mm-hmm. for, for object detection, um, you know, and, and what that parity is for, for human, you know, the human eyeball. That is, uh, am- and, and- that is amazing. If I may interject here, I've seen a lot of yep. that. Uh, the, it cannot just say, oh, there's a shoe. It can say, oh, there's a shoe. And it's a, it's a Nike, not a sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right, it's, right. it's one of those yeah. things that, oh, no, that's a Reebok because it has this particular thing about the picture of it it's amazing right right yeah and we've got you know six six or seven different um you know research centers microsoft research that's doing this type of work all the time you know they're they're using uh tools like machine learning and deep learning and stuff like that to be able to build some of this stuff and then obviously um, taking it a step further to be able to start um actually building that artificial intelligence you know and so um, you know, out on our on our learning site, you can run uh, basically a uh, a lab, if you will, on how uh, a Picasso painting, what it looks like, and then uh, train your model to understand what that Picasso painting looks like and, and the distinct features about it, and then be able to load more pictures to be able to say, okay, which one's the Picasso? And, mm-hmm. you know, based on, um, you know, just the patterns of the painter and, and uh, you know, how, how they can do comparisons against those those various images, uh, you know, it can tell you with, with a 90-ish percent uh, assurity that, it's a Picasso, right? So, so uh, it's looking at the swirls. It's not just looking at like most AI right. would be like, oh, there's these blocks of color in that in this configuration. That's got to be a Picasso. It's right. like it's looking at like for swirls and ridges and like granular stuff, right? Right, right. Yeah, it's it's really really zooming in to see what those you know uh, what those lines of delineation are and and sort of how it was created. Um, so you know that's kind of some of the really really cool stuff that that we've worked on to sort of. Um, just build up what we can make available to customers and, and give them as um, yeah, as options when they want to build out what they can offer, not only to their customers, but to their own internal people, right? And so, 
um, we, we look at sort of three tenets, if you will, when it comes to AI, right? So we've invested in, in our customers and our employees to become more productive, right? So it gives them the ability to have uh, any language that a, a developer is custom, uh, comfortable with, uh, any developer at any skill level to be able to work with AI and machine learning in Azure. It's built for the enterprise, right? So you've got the ability to um, essentially take your existing systems and processes, uh, load the data in and say, okay, how can we optimize this? You know, uh, most people don't realize that they're using some form of AI every single day, right? Yeah. Uh, whether it be using, you know, Office and, and um, getting recommendations on your PowerPoints on, on what a good design might look like, or even something as rudimentary as your spell check or, or grammar check within Word. Uh, and, and some of the really cool things that are coming out uh, with regard to conversation flow in within a Word document, uh, you know, how sentences are, are structured within a Word document and those kinds of things, right? We're deploying a lot of those types of features. Uh, and and, the, and the, the third point is really around allowing you to own your data and, and trusting that Microsoft is not going to touch it or look at that data. We're not going to use it for any kind of analysis in the background. Uh, you know, we're not going to uh, de-identify that data and then use it for other uh, purposes, like maybe some of the competitors do, and, and there have been lawsuits about and things like that. Uh, you know, really, we want to make sure that that uh, our customers understand that that their data is trusted in the Azure cloud and, and there is no access to it. So, so you're saying that the, the mindset of like, oh, for the better good and training of our AI environment, hand over the keys to your data. That's definitely not part of the Microsoft <laughs> ecosystem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it's, a weak argument, totally right? Foreign. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It's it's you know totally foreign to the mindset. Um, you know, and and it, it's amazing when you see some of the solutions that our competitors make available, but what they do with that data in the background, whether it be health information or payment information or you know any of those types of things, it's it's kind of scary actually, and and people just don't realize that I think a lot of times. Um, you know, when we when we break down our Azure AI offerings, we look at it three different ways. We've got our, our AI apps and agents. So you think about a bot, you think about, um, you know, uh, embedding AI capabilities within a, a web application, that kind of thing. You think about knowledge mining, so collecting a whole bunch of, you know, documents and uh, sources and putting it all together and then extracting information out of that. Uh, you know, I mean, this this is nothing new, right? I, I did that 20 plus years ago in college. I did a, a you know, a class, a course on knowledge mining. And then and then you've got, you know, sort of more traditional machine learning. Right. And so you, when you kind of break it down to those three pillars, um, you know, we approach it so that. Um, the customer has the ability to use the tools the way they need to, right? So when you think about um, like the apps and agents, um, you know, everybody has used uh, a bot, right? Everybody has used like whether it be uh, a Facebook bot or a banking app bot or a customer service bot, whatever, right? We can couple our bots, whether it be deployed to Teams or a website or your phone or whatever, along with the cognitive services suite that you mentioned. So, so you've got the the five services that you mentioned. You know, you've got decision, speech, language, vision, and and the web search. And and when when you think about where all these came from, you look at uh, Xbox, Xbox service has been around for what, 20 years now, right? Yep. Uh, all of the information that we've gathered over the years on how to optimize that Xbox network, how to, you know, um, give customers what they need and the information they need and, and all the services they can use and all that kind of stuff. We've got all of that information, um, you know, and how it's been used throughout the years when they're on the platform, right? You've got things like Bing, you know, our, our search engine, you've got, um, usability statistics around office and those kinds of things, right? And so you collect all that data and then you figure out, okay, what's going to be, um, you know, the best feature or the best capability for a customer to help them be more productive, right? And so when we couple um, 
our apps with these cognitive services, um, essentially, when you think about, you know, that that bot application and being able to, um, let's say, do translation, right, using the the language API. So you're translating from from one language to another. Um, you know, you, you've got uh, the vision, right? You upload um, a, a document and you can capture the information that's that's in that document, right? Just as a couple of examples, right? And so when, when we think about, um, you know, how, how this can be employed for our, our internal businesses or to be offered to our customers, uh, we're giving the customer uh, on our end uh, that set of APIs to be able to bring into their area. Uh, you know, and it's funny, I had a conversation earlier today is, you know, I'm a data and AI specialist here at Microsoft. And when you look at the landscape and the portfolio of the services that uh, I have to support my customers with, uh, it's it's astronomical, right? Uh, AI and, and data could be their own competencies. You know, there are, there are so many sub areas. And then when you start really looking at like these APIs and things, you're actually fringing on being more of like a developer. Yeah. than, you know, than, than uh, a data guy, right? I mean, I can wrangle the data, I can ETL it, I can, I can, I can collect it all up, right? But then when I actually want to run the APIs, now I got to put on my coder hat. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and that's not one of my strengths by any means, uh, you know, <laughs> to be able to, to then, you know, um, set up that, those extractions of, of the key terms, say, in a, in a knowledge mining area or something like that, right? So um, it, it's, it's a it's really interesting space, and it offers a ton of opportunity for our customers to really just add more value to the products that they develop. Absolutely. And, and I think true to Microsoft form in a good way is that they also like it from, you know, abstract the whole stack, if you will, and present it through some other more commodity apps like, you know, people in what late 19 or in 20 started seeing in their power apps, this little option to like, build some machine learning AI stuff and you, you right. click on it and it's, it's a curated experience to try to get you to use some of those services and not just to get you to use it, like get you hooked. It's not like you're running right. out to you know, get hooked on the, on, on the, on the little donuts that you can't stop <laughs> shoving in your face. That's one of my little <laughs> things there. Uh, but it's one of those things to get you like better, better productivity and, and include a lot of this stuff without the overhead of saying, Oh yeah, we need to bring a fleet of AI and ML people to try to make this happen. Happen. So, right, so right. you know, there's all those tiers, and we talked about it actually with you, Chris, in the past. There's, you know, you got you got functions, and you got Power Automate, and you put them side by side. They're pretty darn similar. You know, they're built out of each other, and one just presents itself in a different way. And that's refreshing to see that they're it's for for the masses. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. And and, and you think about like some of the features that are um, you know built into Power BI, for instance, right? Uh, Q and A in in Power BI, um, oh, yeah. you know, for your for your Power BI dashboard, or or even data insights. Right? Yeah, uh, yeah, you that's know, a good one. Uh, uh, you know, so uh, for anybody who who uses Power BI, uh, if you've got a dashboard, you can use natural language to be able to uh, you know graphically display your text essentially based on the data set that you're working with. And then there's some cool things you can do behind the scenes. You can set up synonyms for various terms. So if you want to call it revenue or sales, you know, however you want to set that up, you can set up synonyms for the same, um, you know, for the same field essentially what you're looking for. But by being able to use that Q&A feature, your bit, you can type, you know, what were my sales in North America last year? Uh, and and it's going to give you a little bit of um, uh, direction, if you will. So if you stop there last year, it might make suggestions uh, displayed as a bar chart, right? Mm. Or displayed as a pie chart, uh, you know, and, and it's going to give you some, we call it IntelliSense in, in the coding world, right? Where it's going to give you some leading ideas of what you might want to type next, uh, you know, and, and, or you, it'll, it'll, it'll automatically display what you've typed so far, 
you know, on the screen as you go through it and then adjust on the fly as you go through. Um, so that's that's just one of our um, AI packages in the background. That, that's what our, our, our Lewis service or language understanding service. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so just, a, you know, that, that's just a, a snippet of an idea. Now, Power BI also has a ton of capabilities with uh, being able to use some of the real uh, the real deep data science tools using Python and R. And, you know, there's there's a, a couple hundred visuals out there that, that can use some of those uh, data science um, uh, sort of capabilities in the background. So there's a lot going on there. And, um, you know, as as you see, the product rolls out more and more of those services as we go along. Yeah, that's, now, that, that's good stuff. And, you know, the, the key the key is that it keeps rolling along. And so I might be getting ahead of us here if I may I, I throw out there. So the trajectory for these products, uh, it, it was, you know, initial launch. It was all this interest. And then it kind of from what I've seen with, you know, the customers I've talked to, it kind of simmered. And if that was your wheelhouse and like a lot of organizations just took it like, oh, yeah, that's specialty. But it seems like it's really going through the roof right now. And, yep. and there's a lot of conversations around it. And uh, do you have an understanding on why that is? Is it just because of the advancements and the affordability? Or do you see that as, oh, we're just trying to work because we're working in new ways now? We're just starting to introduce new technologies. What are you seeing there? Why I think I it's competition. It's competition? Clear, you know, purely competition, right? Um, you know, um, I, I remember it was probably around uh, you know, 2010 timeframe, um, you know, and, and, and Steve Ballmer was the CEO of Microsoft and, and he sort of painted this vision of software as a service, you know, windows as a service office as a service, um, you know, long before we had office 365 and, and those kinds of things. And, and, you know, you think about Microsoft 365, you know, um, I, I got a new laptop. I went to my Microsoft 365, I installed my software, you know, and, and that was unheard of 10 years ago, 11 years yeah. ago. Um, and, you know, I pay $99 a year. Um, I haven't kicked in my discount yet from Microsoft, but uh, I, pay, <laughs> I pay my $99 a year for, for you know, office uh, personal edition or family edition or whatever it is. I don't remember. But, you know, it, and they just renamed it, too, so that I'm having a hard time keeping up with that. And I work at Microsoft, so figure that out. Uh, <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I mean, it, it's those kinds of things where, uh, you know, that was an immediate response to Google. Right. And that was a, a response to Gmail and the G Suite and those kinds of things is that um, they had competition and, you know, Google started taking some of the market, uh, the market share. Uh, same thing with Ultrabooks. Right. Mac started or Apple started deploying these ultra light, you know, super thin and sexy looking machines. And, you know, what happened? The competition drove it. You know, now Microsoft has a great line of Surface products, you know, as well as, um, you know, some other really nice Ultrabooks out there. Dell, HP, Lenovo, they all stepped up their game. And I'm so big believer I, of the surface line, the big, the, the surface line, especially running, you know, win 10 on a surface with Microsoft 365. Um, and it's, and I'm the biggest, I'm the, uh, I got to phrase this so not to offend people. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's just say I'm a PC, not a Mac. Um, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll pull that one out. Um, yeah. But I'm all for curated experiences as long as you're not boxed into lanes. And I think that's what drives me to the, you know, the Windows slash Android ecosystems more than any other one. Oh, even Linuxy. I do Linuxy stuff like hardcore. I got Linux machines all over the place. Uh, But not being boxed in is is key. And and I found it amazing that Microsoft can create the experience for a user um, that gives you that curated experience but not box you in right. that's going to be extremely difficult and and i know right. that some of the stuff in the back end and all the infrastructure is code and all the stuff to make things happen and and a lot of the as you mentioned earlier a lot of the ai services and, and ml services that are in the background that make things doable for you here even if you just have a machine and you just plug in for updates like there's stuff happening out there with this technology to make that experience that kind of a experience and it's amazing that it's it's i'm not going to say flawless because there's nothing that's flawless but it is really uh come a long way from when you start looking at oh i deployed windows me and like hold on tight (laughs) right right but remember too why did that happen right it's because 
Apple started gaining market share in the yeah. personal computing space. And so Windows had to take a different approach. They couldn't come out with a new rev of Windows every two to three to four years yeah. and, and expect people to go out and upgrade to the latest. I mean, you know, there's still Windows 7 out there everywhere, right? I mean, I, I'm guaranteeing you can go search somewhere on the web and they're going to tell you how many millions of Windows XP machines are still running. You know, I mean, I talked to some diehards. They're like, oh, Windows 2000, that was the way to go. Oh boy. You know, <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and so, it, you know, and that's just it is that, um, you know, why did Windows have to adjust the way that they rolled out their operating system, the way that, um, you know, they, they, they built that sort of experience and, and it was in direct relationship to competition, you know, and, and look, there's, there's something to be said about, um, being able to be productive and just get done what you need to get done. And so that's probably why I'm by computing, if you will. I, I don't do uh, I don't do any Linux, but uh, well, I, I shouldn't say I don't do any. I do very little Linux, we'll say, um, you know, but I'm very fluent on Mac and PC. And um, for me, they both have their purposes. They both have their their capabilities that, um, you know, when, you know, I want to do certain things, you know, the PC is great for, I want to do other things, the Mac is great for. Um, and so I, I go back and forth and that works for me, but it's just because sometimes I'm just looking for that simplified experience. I don't want to have to work at getting my work done, right? Yeah, um, And, you know, and so, you know, again, it's it's more about, um, you know, when you start looking at uh, the the profiles, right, for a PC or a Mac, they started pushing all that stuff to the cloud. So your iCloud holds all of your, your information for your personal stuff. Your Windows cloud holds all your information for your personal stuff, right? And so that's so that when you get a new device, you can very easily synchronize, right? Yeah. Um, you know, this is quite a tangent off of AI, but, uh, <laughs> it, it, well, you know, it is interesting. <laughs> well, the, sp the spirit of, you know, of the competition driving the AI is very similar across their other product lines. So for those of you that are, you know, still with us and either throwing something because you're a Mac or throwing something because you're a PC, <laughs> well, let's bring you back into a, a common ground of AI. <laughs> the competition yeah. has been spurring on the adoption. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it is. It's all about competition, right? And so, you know, we, we talked about what, what it's like to, to bring those AI uh, capabilities into your um, into your uh, applications or, or using like the bot framework within, you know, the Azure landscape, your team's landscape, your, uh, you know, uh, what do they call it for the, the power platform? Uh, the name escapes me. Uh, the, there's a bot service for the, you know. Yeah. We'll call it Power Chat because I don't remember the name of it. <laughs> Power <laughs> Virtual Agents. Thank you. That's thank you, Dev. Slip my mind too. Yeah, I, I couldn't think of the name. Um, you know, and and all of those can have a lot of these AI features and capabilities built into them. You can you can leverage a lot of these frameworks in the background. Um, you know, the next big one is is got a lot of roots in in like Bing search search engine technology. Um, you know, we had the, the um, Windows indexing engine for years, um, and, that, and that's the knowledge mining using Azure Search. And so um, you, you're actually – it's actually two separate services that you're coupling together, and what the – uh, what the capability is here is, um, you know, to be able to extract uh, useful information, useful and searchable information out of a whole mass of documents, right? And so, you know, if you were to go through the labs on this kind of thing, you know, through our, our learning site, for instance, you would have, you know, a repository of PDFs and Word docs and PowerPoints and CSVs and all this other stuff. A bunch of different document types. You land them all into an Azure blob. Uh, the knowledge mining and the Azure search capabilities go in, and they basically crawl that whole blob storage, right? And then you know you're looking for uh, information to be extracted from those services. You can you can tag certain areas of a document to say you know I know this is vital information, uh, but then you can let the service also um, you know. Uh, dictate where you go with it. So for instance, uh, there, there's one of the labs out there where it's a travel service and you're looking for positive and negative feedback from a travel site um, to say, you know, traveling to Rome is great because the food is wonderful, but there's graffiti all over the place. You know, uh, don't, don't leave your hotel at two in the morning kind of thing. Right. And, and so 
there, there are positive and negative sentiments that can be extracted from that. And that's all done within this knowledge mining. And so this is really great for, for um, you know, customers who have troves of documents, you know, so you think about like law firms or uh, research firms, you know, things like that, where you have all this documentation that you want to be able to extract information from and be able to pull up relevant materials in a very quick amount of time. Yeah, that's, um, that's, that, that, that's, that's key. That's clutch. I mean, you, you got me on, you got me on the need and the uses of all this, right? So, if I may interrupt real quick, Please. The, the last the last statement you just put in there, like what's next? Because like I'm I'm looking at all this goodness being done out there, and I got an SB3, 32 gig, two terabyte with the big massive biggest video I can put up, so I can do TensorFlows, which is directly related to machine learning for those mm -hmm. who are not familiar out there in the wild. Um, so. I'm sitting here and I'm like looking at this beast of a machine and I have you know, done some of these things. Right. And I'm wondering, like, like all of this is available in Azure. I mean, I don't right. need to do this stuff here anymore. Um, right. It, right. What does that mean from an architectural landscape? I mean, yeah, I mean, I, you know, it, it kind of depends on what your requirements are, right? So if if you're looking at, at a pet project and because you're trying to get an edge on fantasy football, right? Um, <laughs> you probably don't want to deploy that to Azure unless you're planning on selling it as a service, right? That's great. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and so uh, it, it kind of depends on what you want to do with it, right? If If you're if you're looking to run like a machine learning model to try to make predictions on, you know, how many fantasy points uh, Patrick Mahomes is going to have this weekend, right? It's it's it, it's probably something you're going to want to do on your PC. You can make use of it, um, you know, and but that PC is going to have limitations, right? It's not going to have um, uh, uh, an FPGA, um, you know, to be able to run a deep learning model on petabytes of data. Sure. Right. It's it, it's not going to be able to, um, you know, crunch through document and document after document uh, to be able to extract uh, meaningful in, in, insight off millions of documents. Right. And so it's all about what your application is. Um, you know, we've got it at the very uh, simplistic level, which is, uh, you know, using some of those uh, those Power BI features or the Power App features and things like that. Some of the AI features in there um, to the um, um, sort of what you see is what you get WYSIWYG type features. Right. <laughs> and when you think about something like uh, our auto ML service. Right. So it's a machine yeah. learning service where you put the data in and we tell you what the best algorithm is to use to be able to make predictions off of that data. Um, and then, you know, it goes levels further where, um, you know, you don't want to use a canned service. You, you want to use your own services. We can provide you with very, very specific data science virtual machines that have all of the, the most popular tools. And you can also install your own that have field programmable um, gate arrays or, or GPUs, you know, whatever's best for your particular application. So it's really all about what, what your requirements are and what that scale is. Yeah, that, that definitely makes sense. And, and yeah, th thank you for clarifying that because I know there's a lot of, um, again, somewhat, somewhat of a leading question because we're in this space. Um, a lot of people out there just kind of don't like I can do some of this and I can download this free toolkit and I can download the MIT algorithms, whatever. And but you know, the point that you make is huge. So it depends on your use case. You know, is it makes sense where it goes? And, you know, I think one of the largest uh, things that I'm going to miss is my my. I'm going to say it very carefully because she's in the room. My Cortana device, <laughs> you know, a lot of those services on the back end, like that's what powered it. Right. I was one of the right. few, one of the few that loved it. I got mostly because of the speaker is really good. The speaker is awesome to play music on. Um, but like, you know, when you sat there and you say, you know, I'm not going to say it, but yo and her name right. and then sure, she lights yeah. up on lights up in your taskbar and you say what's what's on my calendar or, you know whatever you know all that all that commercial stuff is what people start thinking as 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 that light ai where i take it a step further it's a little more than i think of the cognitive services you know the the the, the six or seven that you mentioned or five or six is is more dimensional i i, I could be completely off but when i describe what this stuff is to people it kind of makes more sense so if you have your data 
And when I say dimensional, I'm not thinking talking traditional data architecture and cubing and all those dimensions. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking more as in like 3D, you know, fourth mm -hmm. dimension type stuff. And if each one of those services is on a plane and your mm -hmm. data is in the middle, and how do you get at the best, best way to get all the data that you need in this big giant pile? And if each one of these planes is one of those like vision, speech, language, you pick the planes that match what you're trying to get out of that data based upon what you need to do. And essentially you're going to draw lines from each plane through your data and it's going to intersect and that intersection is going to leave you with here's the result so finding and picking from an architectural level picking those planes that are important uh, not necessarily what's going to make snap the finger at the boardroom or the monthly meeting saying hey we got ai because we can now have our people go and do a chatbot online yes that's right. great that's great customer service experience but you know i think you and i uh, think a little bit differently of providing meaning from the information. So data is sure. not information, but information is great unless it has meaning. And I think these sure. dimensions provide meaning. Uh, at least that's one of the things I've been saying. Sure, yeah. And, and uh, let, me, let me simplify that um, in, in a way that I like to put it out to people is that w when you think about like our, our image recognition service, right? Um, I, I can very, very likely um, put a, a feed a, a picture of a cat into the system and the system is going to know it's a cat, right? Uh, it might even be able to tell me it's a tiger or a leopard or a tabby, right? Uh, but I can't feed an audio track of a meow into that image recognition system, right? So you've sort of got those two different dimensions or two different planes there. And so the question becomes, how do you take those two different dimensions or two different planes and intersect them so that whether I play the noise or I show an image, I know it's a cat, right? I mean, yep. is that is that a pretty good simplification of yeah, what, what you're saying there? Exactly. Yeah, because if you if you put a picture of a tabby up and then you put the roar of a Bengal, right. <laughs> you know, you're confused, right? Exactly. It's not say it's a house cat. It's you know, and, yep. and so and so yeah, it, it's it's it. What's what I find really interesting and what I find um, to to personally be curious about is what's next when it comes to that and how do you make those planes intersect, right? Yep. Because on a singular plane, they all work awesome, right? Yep. I mean, you know, whatever, 96% human parity, 95% human parity. Um, that's pretty darn close, uh, you know, but, you know, throw it something it's not expecting, you know, or something that doesn't apply to the way it was built, and, and you've got a whole different situation. And so, you know, I, I, uh, I, I'm really looking forward to see, because I, I think we're going to see amazing advancements uh, in a lot of those things in, you know, not too far off, for sure. For sure. It's one step closer to singularity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and I will say, you know, I mean, there have been certain services that have come out recently. Um, you know, we've got a spatial analysis service, right? So that, um, you know, we can take uh, a video from a camera and we can say that, um, you know, there's X number of humans in a room by using that spatial analysis. Or we can say these humans are X feet apart you know, at, at, at amount of times. And, and those are very, very telling, uh, you know, so when you think about, um, you know, a bank and a bank wants to know how many people are coming through their, their branches, you know, do they, can they justify leaving the branch open? Traditional ways, you'd have somebody clicking with a counter and yep. say, okay, you know, one in, one out, whatever, uh, over the course of the day, now, you know, you can you can have the machines do it for you, right? Absolutely. They can count those yep. and, and you can look at, you know, what 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 branch may not be getting used enough, you know, um, and, and a lot of those types of things where there might not be a transaction associated with it. Or if a person has five transactions, you can't count them as five different people, right? So, um, you know, that, that was one of the cool ones that they really released, really, really uh, recently released, um, you know, they, our forms recognizer service is, yeah, is pretty awesome. That's um, pretty awesome. So, too. I think we talked about that one too. So, yeah. yeah. 
rewinding to the one you said about uh, the spatial bits, uh, I saw on one of the Microsoft events, I can't remember if it was Inspire, Ignite, Build, one of the ones recently where they were, uh, I guess, partnering and having retail packaging around those services. So where like you can camera put cameras or whatever detectors you need in that in a, in a particular retail environment and you can see where people go. So right. it, you and then you're correlating what's on the shelves or on the displays of where they go and you can see oh, is it selling is it not selling why are people going so you can start making better informed decisions uh right that that kind of stuff is like fantastic you know it's like well now crossbreed that with your iot solutions oh yeah and how <laughs> and how products move around a store right yep so now you've got you know some kind of a uh, uh, video analysis that can be done on that video as well as you know seeing the the um iot com- uh, components you know so um yeah it's it it's scary, right? Because it's very big brotherish in a lot of this stuff. I'm I'm still waiting to just move up to Vermont in the middle of the woods and 100 acres of land. Um, but <laughs> you know, being in technology, I can really appreciate how cool it is and some of the feats that we've been able to uh, attain as as a result of, of some really cool research. Yeah, so so if they had these sensors on, they'd find that I was in a big box store, which we named Nameless, and I walked on an aisle and I picked up a caramel-filled something and I carried it around the store and I didn't want it anymore because I just don't need the extra pounds and I left it not back where I got it. So <laughs> yep. I'll get every They're coming for you. <laughs> They're coming for you. Yep. I left that there. <laughs> well, so that was, that was um, I think, at our, our year-end special, that was going to be one of your main, uh, main objectives this year so how's it going so far i think it's worth an update right it is worth an update i'm doing, <laughs> i'm actually doing not bad and i think it's not because of anything that i'm doing specifically i think it's just because all the cookies in the house and all that's been drawn mm, down and it's, a, it's, yes. it's an access thing at this point <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I know that feeling yeah, it's not in the <laughs> I house was in vermont the last I, yeah no sorry i was in vermont last week and uh and it just so happened that the craft beers just kept winding up in the refrigerator. I don't know how that happens. Yeah. <laughs> it's just magic. You you throw a stone in Vermont and you hit a brewery. So it's kind of like, <laughs> I gotta try that one. <laughs> that and cheese places too, right? Isn't like Cabot yeah. or something like that out there? Yeah, Cabot. Cabot's huge up there. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Definitely cool. Anything else you want to have, uh, you want to bring up on this? I know Dev's got a few questions he wants to kind of roll through with you too as well. No, go for it. Yeah. I mean, like I said, really just kind of want to give an overview. Um, you know, I, I, my contact info, you know, people can get me through the um, through the show uh, here, bizdataviz on, on social platforms, you know, feel free to reach out, um, you know, but if there are more questions and you, you're looking for some of the learning things that I mentioned, you know, definitely feel free to reach out and I'm happy to uh, share any of that stuff with you. Yeah, absolutely. We'll put some stuff in the show notes. And uh, if we have people coming with us directly, maybe we'll have a joint call or get them forwarded over to you. Definitely. Yeah, definitely great. Want to help support in that. Uh, what do you got, Dev? Yeah, no, I think it was just a, a couple of things that came up throughout the uh, conversation is that, you know, you talked about the different organizations that could potentially leverage this type of technology. Um, you know, what in your opinion, what organizations do you see are most benefit from you from from using this? What's the sweet spot for an organization or business that we get the most out of it? Oh, geez. Uh, that, I mean, honestly, that's that's tough because, it, you know, uh, when you go back again to our mission, right, it, it, it's a very personal level. Do you want to you know, do you want to build machine learning models to get an edge on your own fantasy football because you think that there's a correlation between, you know, Josh McDaniel's offense and, um, you know, the scheme that he runs versus certain defenses, you know, uh, you know, it, it, it comes down to what, what the requirements are. Um, but I think when you look at, um, you know, the, the way that the services have been built, um, they are there to address just, you know, absolute, slews of of different ways it can be used right it's not just about having um you know a, a smart chat bot on the website you know it, it's it goes so far beyond but you know some of the really really common ones we see are um you know around things like um the language that's very very popular um the, the lewis uh, service where you know you're either doing um some kind of translation or um, you know, some kind of language understanding, you know, um, 
you know, chat chatbot asks you a question, uh, you know, and, and being able to parse your response uh, in, in some meaningful way. Um, you know, that's that's a really, really big one, especially when you think about like customer service and, and those types of things. Right. Um, you know, I mean, there's some really cool use cases that are out there, too, when you think like a manufacturing facility that's using cameras to do uh, QA right on, on their products as they get developed. And, you know, you think about like, say, uh, a circuit board. Right. And you can run a circuit board under a camera. That camera can see a heck of a lot more than the human eye. And so you can look for for broken leads and so you could call a circuit board defective before it even you know gets put in a box right um you know there's there's just so many uses um it would be hard to say that that there's one predominant use case over another yeah and I, and I think earlier also when you're talking about from you know our, our, from 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 our side of the fence when you know you had to put on the code you had the code had a little bit and you have the data and ai standpoint you know today what challenges or what barriers do you see for devs or data pros to get into it? And even maybe when you first started, what challenges did you encounter to, to when, once you started building out these models and things of that nature? Do you mean from, from a, a deployment uh, perspective or do you mean from, um, you know, actually getting into this stuff? I would say give me a little bit of both. Okay. Um, <laughs> you know, one of the biggest one of the biggest challenges um, that customers face is that they are just not mature in their data journey, right? Um, you know, the the term data driven um, uh, organization or digital transformation and those types of things; those terms are thrown around quite a bit. But the reality is that. We are using a very small percentage of the data that's available to us. And without the right leadership and without the right mindset, we just can't fathom the various capabilities uh, of, of being able to use that data. Uh, you know, predictive analytics has been around a very long time. You know, it's all based on statistics and you know, I, I mean, I took stats in, in high school, right? And and so um, it's been around a lot longer than that. And so when you think about like a predictive model, that's nothing new. The problem is that you need to be able to give it good data. And, and the key word there is good data, right? Uh, the old term gigo, garbage in, garbage out. If you don't give it good data, you're not going to be able to get good results. Now, from from the other standpoint, it, it really is kind of wearing two different hats, right? As, as I mentioned, you know, if, if you want to talk about, um, you know, building a data model uh, for a data warehouse and, you know, getting your fact and dimension tables and, and building your star schema to be able to put uh, information out in the form of, you know, reports and things like that. Uh, you know, I, I've been doing that for a really long time. And so I understand that really, really well. Whereas, you know, taking, taking these AI tools, uh, you know, whether it be machine learning or the APIs themselves that are using, you know, various code, you know, whether it be C sharp or, uh, you know, uh, Python or R or, you know, the various languages that you use for them. Um, it, it really is a different mindset, right? Because it, it's it's software development, software engineering at that point, uh, and and being able to um, sort of work with both mindsets is is kind of where I struggled, and so you know, and and then plus, you know, if you're if you're looking at things like. Um, machine learning and stuff, then you start talking about statistics and really, really heavy math um, implications there around a lot of that information. Uh, you know, if you ever look at, you know, our code or, or um, some of the data science platforms, it's all it's all math. It's all of the, yep. you know, standard deviations <laughs> and all those things that, that we learned that we never used again from calculus or, or <laughs> algebra, right? Um, you know, and, and so... Uh, it, I think I think that's the challenge is that um, you really have to have kind of that that mindset um, to be able to kind of work with all three. Challenges we need to go back to school and learn math. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. And uh, I, you mentioned earlier also that you know competition is what drove people to improve. Uh, there, you know, we talked about Windows and hardware and things like that. When it comes to the cognitive services for for my for Microsoft, what 
competitors do you see out there? What other comparable services do you see? And what are your thoughts on them? Well, so, you know, um, AWS is obviously um, the the biggest public cloud, right? Um, well, and so that's that's kind of a, let, let's say the, the biggest public cloud hoster, right? Because, you know, when you think about um, the office space and, and Dynamics and Azure put together, it's the biggest cloud. Um, but, you know, w- when you look at specific, um, you know, you know, enterprise hosting, that kind of thing, you compare AWS to Azure, um, you know, they have a bigger footprint. Uh, and, and so they're, they're the most mature in a lot of these things. Um, and, and they were the leader for a very long time. Um, but what we've been able to do is, you know, between our Microsoft research, you know, our, our troves of data from so many years of, of working with this stuff, um, you know, we've been able to focus in different areas. It's, we've talked about it on this show. Um, you know, we are geared toward the enterprise. Uh, and and I, I, I don't personally believe that that's true of, of either of, of the main public cloud uh, com- competitors out there. Uh, I just don't think that they have that end-to-end platform story that we do personally um and and, and, and iam and security <laughs> built in i gotta raise yeah. that up every time that, <laughs> that's all included right I mean, that, yep. yeah, uh, yeah. when i say end-to-end story that's what i mean right is is sort of the connected nature of it all the um just being able to work together all in the same ecosystem i, I just don't think you have uh you know a, a competitive landscape there uh you know and and that's again driven in our roots because it, it you know we were geared toward the enterprise um, so each, each of the public clouds has their strengths and weaknesses, uh, you know, uh, you know, on, on, a on, a uh, there's a ton of Google searches out there that you could, you know, search and, and find results and, you know, how people compare things. Um, you know, a video I did a couple months ago, I compared the three, you know, leading data engines in Azure, um, and, and sort of what the, the various workloads are there. Um, it all comes down to what you're trying to accomplish. You know, you're probably going to find the best service depending on what you're trying to accomplish. Uh, you know, I, I, I will say that, um, I think that we are, uh, embedding it in more of our products. And so it's making it easier for those enterprises to employ, uh, these, these services, whereas, you know, some of the services in an AWS or, or a Google cloud, um, you know, maybe they're good for a specific use case to build a platform for, you know, a small AI startup or something like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Where, um, they might have a better program and, and, you know, we've got some cool stuff, right. We've got Azure for startups, right. Um, which I just recently learned about it in the last couple of months here. I didn't even realize it existed, but you know, I mean, it's, it's to help, you know, customers sort of get started with a lot of these things. And, and it really comes down to what the, um, you know, what the requirements are. Um, but I, but I think that from a, a, a full end to end story, Azure is probably the best option. Um, and then, you know, if you're a startup or something like that, you might have the one-off tools that you need in one of the other clouds that, that suits your needs a little better. Yeah, that's a, that's definitely a good point. And, you know, I always have to go on record when other cloud <laughs> providers, I firmly believe Microsoft is the only enterprise ready cloud. And I say that I'm not saying it's the only cloud. I'm not saying it's enterprise ready cloud. Um, sure. Uh, you know, a couple other, well, AWS was out there first. Uh, and to your point, you know, like a lot of people, like it was so quick for developers is to smash and grab and get resources. Right. So they kind of kind of got hooked in early on, you know, right, and, right. and 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 not explaining away their successes and what they have done. They've, you know, they've got some large things kicking and going on across the lake, if you will. Um, sure. But, you know, when you look at what an enterprise needs, that's why I'm all in with, with Azure, just because of that connectedness and that end-to-end. And, and from an enterprise perspective, um, it's it's hard to go wrong when you have all those toolings and everything all sitting there. Um, and it's not the, oh, it's one throat to choke. You, I, mean, I can't tell you how many times I've heard high-level IT people say, oh, I just want one throat. It's not that. It's it's yeah. it's it's built built tooling and, and, and resources and everything that is just – it, it's it's thought through and you know it's nimble and it's 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 awesome and right again not being a fanboy it's i really love the way they execute on a lot of this stuff 
And, sure. you know, it's so easy uh, to be spoiled like 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 we are, you know, like I can <laughs> I, got, I got some Azure credit for doing certain things. And I was like, oh, I'm going to stay in this crazy workload up and use it. And, and then I stop and think, I was like, what would a business do? And so like I run calculators anytime I'm standing a resource up for like a demo or whatever. I run those calculators well beforehand just to get that same experience of what it'll cost and what it means, you know, sure. elsewhere. So so yep. it's def definitely, uh, again, enterprise ready cloud. Um, any other topics around this? Uh, I know we're, we're running a little bit long here today. We good? No, I think we covered yeah. it really well. You know, I, I mean, I um, I think that, you know, the the whole idea is really how how these various tools are using it, you know, or if you want to build it yourself, right? It's, it's mm -hmm. just having that capability and flexibility. Absolutely. Uh, any videos you want to talk about today or do you want to randomly uh, throw one across and we'll just link it in? Just go to my YouTube page, uh, my YouTube <laughs> channel. I, I'm slacking. I'm a, I'm a little behind. I dropped uh, my latest one on New Year's. Uh, so, I'm, uh, you know, I'm a couple of weeks out here. I'm trying to build one now, but it's, it's taking me a little bit. So um, <laughs> YouTube channel, I'll have one for you next month. Awesome. Perfect. Uh, that being said, we like to thank Aspirant, again, being the, the core sponsor. Uh, down in the show notes, we'll have links uh, for connecting with Aspirant. And we'll also have links uh, to Chris, uh, his channel. I'm going to randomly pick one. I'll put the whole master link in there, but I'm going to randomly <laughs> pick one. And, sure. and it, I'm just going to do a URL generator and just like make it go there. <laughs> I mean, actually, yeah, I mean, we haven't talked about the Spark video. I did Spark pools. I kind of gave a quick overview yep. of the Spark pools and stuff like that. I mean, you could play with that. Um, you know, but yeah, so it, it's been great. I mean, the subscribers have bumped up. I'm sure it, it helps here having some of the folks and stuff like that. And so, um, you know, it's, it's super motivating for me too. Awesome. Well, we appreciate you coming as usual. Uh, we'll talk offline, but everyone else will hear from us next month for the data download. And uh, next week we have a collaboration corner. We'll talk a little bit of uh, modern workplace, a little bit of teams and, and what that means for, uh, you know, the way we do things now. That being said, thank you, everyone. Thank you, guys. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks, guys. Take care. Today's show is brought to you by Aspirant. You aspire, together we achieve. This production is for information and entertainment purposes only. Not all technologies and items discussed are compatible with your system or specific configuration. Your knowledge may vary. Consult a professional before trying anything discussed on this show. Visit show notes for relevant information and links.